Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. We've got legends of the fall in free fall. Rodgers, Brady, LeBron, all in all kinds of trouble. We have guests galore. We have coaches getting fired. We have the hashtag crew assembled. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. Our one place to start is with a very interesting kickoff to the NFL weekend tonight. We finally get a Thursday night game with a whole lot of storylines, if not necessarily the two best-looking teams in the sport, Ravens and Bucks tonight in Tampa. Our one place to start brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. The smartest thing I will do today is keep Rob Ninkovich in the studio with me here after we finish Get Up. My friend, I always appreciate it. And let, let's start with your guy. Tom Brady and um, you know I don't say that lightly you and Tom were teammates for nine years I know how close of friends you are and I've had many people remark over the course of the last couple of weeks because it's impossible not to notice just how deflated he looks he, he doesn't look the same in when he's talking to the media he doesn't look the same on the field he's obviously going through a lot of frustration with the tablets and the yelling and the everything else these are tough times so as you watch that, you know him so much better than almost anyone else I can think of. What is going? What do you think is going on right now, and can it be salvaged by this football team this season? I don't know if they can salvage it the way that it looks right now. I'm not. I'm not saying that it's not going to be salvaged because it's still early. They still have time, considering they're still winning the division. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I watch, just the mannerisms, the mannerisms of the team. You know, him on the sidelines, the blow up, the tablets, the interviews. <clears throat> I you, you feel a little bit, you feel for him. You do. You, you, you look at a guy that last year led the NFL in passing yards. Mm-hmm. In literally every category. Was one play away from going to the Super Bowl. Retires. Seems to have everything in his hand, like whatever he wants, he's mm-hmm. got it. Yep. You know, he's got everything. He's done everything. And he decides to come back. And it also could be something that he probably he might. I mean, depending on how this thing goes, maybe he regrets coming back. And that's the hardest thing as a player. You don't know. And it's like the the guy that, you know, he goes to the bank. You, you, you he robs the bank three times. He gets away scot-free. He's like, man, just one more time. I can do it. <laughs> and then he gets arrested and he's in jail for life. You know, it's like one of those instances. It's an and- interesting analogy. Of all the different things you could have compared it to, it fascinates me in your mind well, that that's the one you well, went yeah, to. Yeah, because you think about it, you, you go and you do something that, that you, you get away from injuries or, you know, football being comparable. Yeah. You play football. You're good. You make a lot of money. You have the accolades. That was me. That was my mindset. Right. I, I, th- I thought to myself, I don't want to be that bro- that guy the, in the bank where the, the cops come. You know, I don't want to be that guy mm-hmm. that gets caught. I want to be the guy that has, on my terms decides to go on my terms with my fa- do my thing. And man, is it? It's tough because it's so tempting. And it's so tantalizing to one more shot. It's not like basketball or, you know, if you're a basketball player and you want to go play pick a pickup game at the Y, you can go do that. You can go have a pickup game and kind of get that feeling. Football, you can't. It's over. Like, you're never going to put pads on again. You know, I haven't put a football pad and uniform on in six years. 
it's a final thing. And I think some guys have a hard time making that choice when you can still play. Because Tom is still throwing the football well. He just threw a, a beautiful pass down the middle of the field against the Panthers that was dropped. And that's not Tom's fault. He's also getting beat up in the pocket. He's, you know, see him getting banged around, like thrown on the ground. He's looking old because he's a 45-year-old quarterback. Yeah. So how old are you? I'm 38. It's, it's worth pointing out. He's markedly older than well, you are. Well, he's not a linebacker. Well, but, but no, but my it's point still is, a lot. he's seven years older he's, than you are. You've been out of the sport for six, six years. years. I was 32, and I was excited. I was excited. But there's a different. there's different things that motivate people. You know, myself, I was more on the sense of I've done a lot of things in this game. I've been able to make a good amount of money, take care of my family. Mm-hmm. Won Super Bowls when I was just a tryout guy, from a tryout guy to a Super Bowl champion, right. starting a hundred and something games, like that was a comp- like a gift. Well, I understand what you're saying. So, I'm not Tom, comparing the circle. I'm merely saying the fact that your, your bank analogy actually kind of is making more and more sense to me. The fact that Brady has continued, he has continued to defy all yes. logic all this time, and the temptation is let me see if I can get away with it one, one more, more time. time, and maybe this time it better. And every single time that you do that, when you walk into the bank, you don't know if there's a silent alarm. Like the second you walk in, somebody had already been watching you. You walk in, the alarm's already on, and you have no idea. But when you walk out those doors, the cuffs are on. And, and, and that happens to football players all the time. Guys come back. I mean, Malcolm Butler, for example. Yeah. He's retired a year. He decides to come back for the Patriots and has a season-ending injury. Yeah. There's only three ways you leave the game. It's on your terms, it's on their terms, or it's injured. That's it. Now, how do you digest that? That's all individualized. That's like every player has a different way to digest it. Some guys are addicted to that feeling. It's a feeling that you rarely get in life. That feeling when you walk out onto that field, the the crowd's going nuts. They're chanting your name. You throw a touchdown pass. You make a sack. Those are rare moments. You can't get it back. So when guys have that feeling, it's so addicting. Yeah, it's a, it's that that's the addiction. I get it. No, I fully understand. And and maybe you know the, as as painful as this year looks like it has been for him. And again, there's obviously stuff going on in his life away from the game that. I'm not going to we're not going to get into here that's no one's business but his <laughs> that's a whole other problem but as far as the game itself maybe as difficult a year as this might turn out to be to go through that's what he needed because that that wonderful feeling that you're talking about he needed to just realize that's gone now and, and I can't it, get it back no matter what I do exactly and to compare it to other professions you know yourself you're great at what you do. It's when the light comes on and you know you're on and you're doing what you love. Like, that's the feeling. And when you rap, you're like, yes. When that becomes like you're like sick to do it, yeah. then it's time. You know, for me, I was at a point I was ready. Everyone's different. So maybe Tom is going to start feeling that at some point. We don't know. I don't know. But right now, it looks like. Things are struggling for it's it's a struggle and, and I hate to see it. You hate to see people go through that. I hate it. So yeah. maybe they can work this thing out because they have the names, they have the talent, but it, the chemistry just doesn't seem right. 
We'll see. We'll see them against the Ravens tonight at home. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. The other thing that you, I thought, had really interesting insight into this morning was the quarterback situation in New England, where, you know, a lot of people are having a lot of fun with the Bailey Zappi thing. I continue to maintain if his name was not Bailey Zappi, people would be a lot less excited about him. It's impossible not to get behind a story in which the protagonist is named Bailey Zappi. It's fascinating. (laughs) Um, But more to the point i said this yesterday on this show i felt sorry for mac jones yes watching that game monday night and you told us 100%. that you were at the game but i'm watching that game and our, our tv crew our monday night crew did exactly what they should do which is they kept cutting to his face as everything was happening but they take him out of the game he threw a very uncharacteristic interception which suggests he is pressing in every conceivable way mentally then they take him out of the game. The crowd is acting like they just won the Super Bowl when Bailey Zappi gets on the field. Ridiculous. Then he throws a terrible pass that Jacoby Myers catches and rolls in for a touchdown, and the crowd goes crazy. Then he throws a jump ball that Devontae Parker catches, and every single time they cut to Mac Jones, and all I'm thinking is exactly what you said. You are concerned that this is going to have significant ramifications for Jones, who at the end of the day is the future in New England. Confidence. Confidence is everything in the sport. So, like anything, if you don't have the confidence in yourself mm-hmm. because of external factors, may maybe injuries. Some guys deal with confidence issues because they're hurt and they're playing hurt. Other guys are dealing with a couple things. Maybe an injury like he's dealing with a high ankle and the fact that they haven't come out and said, this is our guy. Mm-hmm. And I think that that can have some tough ramifications for his confidence in how to approach the game in the game when you're in that moment. Are you nervous to make a throw? You know, there, there's look at baseball. And, you know, guys, just, they get so nervous they can't even throw a pitch. You know, when you get the yips. Sure. It happens. So – I think Bill was with his, his approach of we'll see, you know, we got to look at practice. I think that's he needs to just say Mac Jones is our starting quarterback. Zappy did a great job when he was out. This is football, injuries happen. The second Mac's back, we are going with Mac Jones. He's our first round pick. He's number 15 overall. Last year he did a great job for us. Was superior to other rookies in his rookie season last year. Took us to a playoff win or loss but yeah took us to the playoffs and he didn't play bad I mean the defense the, got so obliterated in that game there's nothing so, he, I actually thought he played okay in that game when you look at last year just specifically Mac Jones last year to this year look at I'm, I'm looking at the stats completions are down yards are down production and in, in touchdowns interceptions total QBR is down it's down so is that the player or is that the system that changed? You know, the system changed. They right. did a full system change. Now, you could say that they were on a roll, right? Or were they playing teams that they could run the football on and set up easy play-action pass throws? Yeah. And they won those matchups. And the defense played decent. Sure. So when they play good teams, it doesn't look good. The Bears, you thought they would just run away with it. It wasn't the case. So I think it's vital that they try to get this kid back because he's a kid. He's in his second year. Mm -hmm. He's only got 39 total starts in college in the professional ranks. That's not a lot. So 
to to not give him that boost, I feel like it's not great for the long term mental. I guess giving him that that mental support yeah. that you need as a quarterback or any position, basically. And the World Series is here on ESPN Radio. It's presented by AutoZone. Catch all the action starts tomorrow night, 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Quickly, and again, for those who need a reminder, Nico, you are the pride of Chicagoland, Joliet, Illinois. You were there to see the Patriots and the Bears on yeah. Monday night. And we made a big deal here on Tuesday, both on TV and radio, about how much the Bears changed their scheme they had 12 designed runs called for Justin Fields on Monday night. They only had 13 in the previous six games combined. Uh, a lot of people sort of saw that as maybe the first step on a long journey towards Justin Fields and this thing working out. What did you see? I love what I saw. Then why did it take this long? Well, you know, was it because you're playing Bill Belichick and you want to bring your best against Bill Belichick? Maybe in the Patriots. Maybe that's that's happened in the past. Um, but that's what you should do. You have to use. The athletic ability of your quarterback, get him out in space and let him run for first downs. He did a good job. There was a turn, a couple, you know, he threw a few passes really, oh, that could have been a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, he, again, he's a young player. He's athletic. He can move. He can throw. You got to protect him better. So he's been hit a lot this season. Took another couple big shots in this game. So they're moving in the right direction if they continue to design plays surrounding the the good attributes of your players, which Justin Fields, he's a mobile quarterback. He's got all the moves. He can do it. So continue to do that, and I think that you'll be at least going in the right direction and not taking a step back. Yeah, it, it felt like a step forward where one was desperately needed. Nico, yep. thank you so much. You are the man. Always great fun with Rob Ninkovich here. You know, there's so many podcasts out right now. It takes a team of people to bring them together. Whether you're hiring for a podcast or for your growing business, one place makes it easy, and that place is ZipRecruiter. You can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Coming up next, we're going to say something LeBron James is going to hate, mostly because he will know we are right. That's coming up. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make PrizePicks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash Greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash Greenberg, code Greenberg, for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePicks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your 
ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Again, the legendary Windman is with me, Brian Winhorst, the Hoop Collective podcast, and absolutely everything else. Hello again, Wendy. Hey, Greeny. So we we had some good chats on television this morning, and I want to underline for all the fans out there who maybe don't start paying that much attention to the NBA regular season until it gets a little more in or the football ends or whatever the case may be. The Los Angeles Lakers are 0-4. They are the most storied franchise, of course, in the sport. And, and one of the most in all of American sports. They're not just bad. They are historically bad. They are shooting the three-pointer. I, I want to underline this as much as I verbally possibly can. They have shot the three-pointer worse in these four games than any team has ever done in any four-game stretch in the history of the NBA. The three-pointer has been around since the late 70s. So, Wendy, it is not enough to say well they're not a good shooting team they're literally the worst shooting team at least to this point that we've ever seen how in the world did the, 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 how was it allowed to get to this like how in the world would anyone put together a team where it, it was somewhat evident that this would be a problem and it has started this badly well we knew they were going to be a poor shooting team because of the personnel that they elected to put out there not only did they you know, end up keeping Russell Westbrook and keep him in the starting lineup, which was a political move that we can talk about if you want, but that was a political move. We knew they were going to be shooting challenge because everybody rips Westbrook for being a bad shooter, and he is. But you know, Anthony Davis shot 19% on threes last year, and LeBron has been an average at best, below average at norm outside shooter for a lot of his career. He has had seasons where he shot the ball well, but not really recently. So when you start with those three in your starting lineup, you kind of need two really good other shooters to have on the court at all times. And not only did the Lakers not do that, but the guys that they did acquire were basically all coming off their worst three-point shooting seasons. You know, Lonnie Walker, who was their quote-unquote big free agent signing, he's only played in the NBA four years, but last year was the worst of his four years three-point shooting. Patrick Beverly has not been terrible as a three-point shooter, but he's, his three-point shooting percentage has gone down every year the last three, and last year I think was his worst since he was a rookie. So there were already fingerprints that they were going to be trouble from the outside. And what has happened is not only are they challenged, but they have opened the season in a team-wide slump, the depth of which we've never seen. You know, in the preseason, you know, Kendrick Nunn, who was there – you know, one of their better, and I'm using quotes, better three-point shooters, you know, he shot in the high 30s at times in his career. He had a bunch of games where he shot the ball great. He had preseason games where he was four of seven, you know, three of six on threes. And they haven't even had one guy have one game like that. 
And so we are seeing numbers, even without Westbrook, that are as bad offensively as we've seen in the modern era in the NBA. And, and when you look at the footage, and I'm going to say footage because I can't say highlights, <laughs> the, these teams are backing off more and more. In fact, in the first four games, the Lakers have had 20 times where they've, had, they've been open on a three-pointer by at least 10 feet. 10 feet, okay? They are 3 of 20 mm. on open by 10 feet three-pointers. The teams are going, why do we even need to get within 10 feet of them? They're not even making them. I believe, Greeny, eventually they're going to progress to the mean, and all these guys who shoot in the low 30s and three-point are going to raise from shooting 15%, 20% to shooting 30%, and they're going to have some nights where they actually make some shots and shoot 40%. But even their ceiling is worrisome uh, when they do come out of this shooting slump that they're in right now. So, with Wendy with me here, um, here's what I find myself thinking. You know, when you have LeBron James, the only thing you should be thinking about is winning championships. That should be, it's like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. There's no point in having LeBron James on your team just to try to be good. And you made the point correctly on TV with us this morning. They could make this trade that everyone's talking about with Indiana. They could get Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, and they'd be better. They, they might make themselves one of the top six or seven teams in the Western Conference, maybe, but definitively not better than that. I watch them, I, I, I find my, and I'm obviously paying more attention than ever before, Wendy, as you know, because I'm doing the, the countdown now. I genuinely believe the best thing for LeBron James's chances of winning a championship in LA are to trade Anthony Davis while you still can. Um, the value of Anthony Davis, I think, is like a stock that is at 100. And if you project it, I think it's going to be at like 60 in three like months. Facebook. You know, like, like Facebook or whatever, whatever the appropriate stock analogy to that is. And I, I, that, I, I'm old enough to remember when Anthony Davis was supposed to be one of the five best players in the NBA. He's nowhere near that, even when healthy. And he's never healthy. So to me, I think a total rebuild around LeBron James is actually their best path. And I just don't know that they'll do it. I don't know what LeBron would think of that. But I, I, to me, I believe if you're ever going to win a championship with him in L.A., that is the only way to get there. What do you think? Well, first off, he gave the Lakers a pass on this season when he extended his contract. Mm -hmm. um, he gave him a two-year extension on to this year. And the last year is a player option, but they know they've got him under contract for next year. And so when he did that in August, which I wasn't like knocked over stunned with, but I was a little bit surprised that he did that before they made a major offseason move. That was him saying, okay, I'm, uh, I'm with you. I'm willing to ride out this season. I'm not going to leave the anvil over your head. And uh, Jeannie Buss, the owner, extended Rob Palinka. You know, she extended him out, out to 2026. So she's sending him the message, okay, you don't have to fix everything in this year. And I think that they thought, and they still might get there because they are defending. You know, the, 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 the one light in this tunnel here is that they're defending at a much higher level than they did last year. I think they thought, well, we'll get into the back end of the playoffs. LeBron will chase the scoring record. We'll have a sneaky season, and we'll try to make the most of it. Um, but if you're honestly going to reset the Lakers, regardless of Anthony Davis, and it's an interesting concept, and we could probably talk an hour about it, but if you're going to reset the Lakers, it probably means you know, 
going into next summer before you make your major moves. Uh, that would mean um, letting Westbrook just fall off the books, getting to max salary cap space so you could chase a max free agent or even trade for a player, um, and uh, you know retrofit then. And that's not what Laker fans would want to hear because they just sat through a year where they missed the playoffs in, in when they had LeBron James, and that's just jaw-dropping. Um, but that may be their best path. And um, I think what they're doing right now, Greeny, is they're going to wait until teams start to think about, um, you know, retrofitting themselves this year, and they're going to see if something pops up that can make them significantly better. But Rob Palinka is on the record. He has said we've only got one shot at this with these draft picks that we have left. We cannot mess it up. And I think a trade that only makes them marginally better might be considered messing it up when you've only got a year, you know, a couple years left of LeBron's career. All right, Greeny and Wendy with us here. What makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination? Because they offer free battery testing and charging and reliable replacement batteries starting at just $79.99. They've always got your battery solution. Get in the zone with AutoZone. And the moment I have left with you here, Wendy, let me run through a bunch of other storylines in the early NBA. Going into last night's game at Milwaukee, Ben Simmons had committed more fouls as a net than he had shots attempted. Last night, there was a moment in their game um, in which Kyrie Irving yelled at him, shoot the ball, Ben. Simmons did not attempt a field goal in the second half of what was ultimately a loss at Milwaukee, and the Nets are one and three. Is is there any reason to think that thing is going to turn in a positive direction in Brooklyn because it was so combustible and some of the predictable issues seem to already be starting? Well, defensively, they're a bottom four defensive team already. This was their problem last year. They couldn't stop anybody. It was one of the reasons why the projections for them to make a postseason run were really never realistic because they couldn't stop anybody. And here they are this year, and now they still can't stop anybody. And this is a very troubling statistic. In 77 minutes that Ben Simmons has played with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant so far this season, they are minus 30 on the scoreboard. Now, in the grand scheme of things, 77 minutes is nothing. But minus 30 is very, very troubling because Ben Simmons is not getting it done on the defensive end. He's not showing effort. And what's, again, worrisome to me is when he picks up these fouls, Greeny, and has to get pulled out of the game with foul trouble, he doesn't even look that upset. He looks like, okay, I, I get to come out of the game now. You know, you know, and, and – and they're also shooting the ball miserably. Kyrie Irving is in a miserable start to shooting for the season. People talk about putting him on the Lakers next year. Well, he'd fit in real good because he's shooting <laughs> 21% on threes right now. And, he, and even Durant is not shooting well. But, you know, you, you're figuring those guys are going to come out of it and, and they should get Seth, Seth Curry back at some point and Joe Harris get healthy. But Ben Simmons giving them zero offensively isn't a stunner. Ben Simmons giving them zero defensively is not survivable if this team's going to be uh, competitive. And so we're focusing on Ben Simmons scoring. We're focusing on his inability to take open shots. I honestly don't care if he doesn't score, but he's got to be a killer at the defensive end. And he's, he's doing nothing at the defensive end right now that's remarkable. And, in fact, in a lot of cases, hurting them with his fouling. 
And if you're the Nets, that is one thing that you're super worried about this early in the season. We've got college football this Saturday, Virginia, Miami, presented by Dr. Pepper, noon Eastern, here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. One more super quickly for you, Wendy. In Philly right now, the fans are out of their minds excited because their Phillies are in the World Series and their Eagles are unbeaten. And by the time they start paying attention to the 76ers there... Will Doc Rivers still be the coach? Uh, they, they have gotten off to a very disappointing start, and I'm hearing some grumbling already about Doc, whom I like a lot. What, what is your sense of what's going on there in Philly? Well, they, they're, again, they're, we're going to talk about it's a boring topic. Their defense, they can't stop anybody. Now, I am watching with a little bit of concern as James Harden develops back into Houston Rockets' James Harden where he's out there, you know, dominating the ball, putting up numbers, and he's, you know, he's, like, been buoyed. He's, like, happy about this. He's beating his chest a little bit, like, I'm back, baby, and he does. He looks much better, but I'm watching his teammates, and I don't think they're enjoying it. That's one problem. The other problem is, really, they just can't stop anybody. Um, And, like, you know, you watch them play – and Tyrese Maxey, as much as we admire his ability on the offensive end and his ability to, to get up the floor and create, he gets killed on the perimeter. People get by him so easy. And we know Harden is not good on the perimeter. And so they're getting cut up defensively, and, and they're not able to be more of a team offensively. Like even last night, they're in Toronto. Maxi and Embiid both score 31 points. Harden actually has a game where he's more of a distributor than a, than a ball handler. It was a step forward in that regard. They can't get a stop on Toronto. They couldn't get a stop. Toronto was running action at them, and they were having no problem getting open shots. They were getting lost as they would go back in transition. They were lethargic. Um, they've, you know, their talent is undeniably better than it was last year. You look at the roster and you're very impressed. But when you watch them play, they don't enjoy playing with each other and they don't compete hard at the defensive end. And you can tie that to the coach for sure, but it's deeper than just that. Wendy, it's so good. I mean, there is nothing I enjoy more than these conversations. Again, the Hoop Collective podcast and everything else. A pleasure to do this on both TV and radio today, my friend, and I will see you soon. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks. Have a great day, Greeny. You too. That's Brian Winhorst with a really just terrific insight. He's as good on the basketball as anybody is on the anything. Uh, In a moment, we will continue. We'll get the assembled members of the hashtag crew around me today. It looks like an NFL coach might get fired this week. Greeny, the podcast. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. It's easy to bundle your home and car insurance at Progressive.com. We have not yet had the opportunity to say hello to the assembled members of the hashtag crew. We have hashtag Nuno. What's going on, Nuno? Not much, Greeny. Not much. He's, he's a man with whom not much is ever going on. I've made this point before. There are no circumstances in which you could ask Nuno what's going on, and he won't say not much. I made this point once before. Nuno could walk up to you. 
dripping wet, soaking wet, and carrying a newborn child. And the reason that he would be in those conditions is that he just walked by a burning building where the fireman was inside saving a baby by throwing the baby out a window and saying, someone catch this baby. Nuno could catch the baby and then be buttressed, just absolutely buffeted by streaming water coming out of these hoses. And he could walk up to you and he'd be holding this baby and he'd be dripping and you would say, Nuno, what's going on? And he would say, not much, Greeny. That's exactly right. That's what would happen. It is just an amazing thing. Bubba, you've worked alongside him longer than I have. I, have you ever said to him, hey, what's going on, Nuno, and he did not respond with that phrase? Yeah, I don't think so. I think he's a uh, thousand for a thousand. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, right now in London is where the story is. The scoop. The scoop is this. I got this from Graziano, and he's going to be in studio with us in a few minutes, Bubs. But Graziano wrote in his notebook piece on ESPN.com, Things are already feeling sticky in Denver for first-year coach Nathaniel Hackett. There's even chatter in some league circles that his job could be on the line with this Sunday's game against the Jaguars in London. Now, Dan writes, I'm not sure I fully buy that Sunday is a make-or-break game for Hackett because it would be absolutely bizarre for a non-Urban Meyer head coach to be fired at the midway point of his first season. But things haven't gone well there, and if the Broncos fall to 2-6, and six, it wouldn't surprise me to see some sort of action like a call for some changes on the staff or a rearranging of responsibilities. Look, these are desperate times in Denver. I'm really amazed at how badly this has gone. And something occurred to me, and Nuno and Bubs, I want to bounce this off you guys. Something occurred to me during Get Up today as we were talking because the subject matter has generally been um, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and how badly things are going for their teams and can they dig out of it and all the rest of it. But one of the many things that Rodgers and Brady have in common is that they are made men in the way of their legacy. There is literally nothing that might happen that will change the legacies of either of them, except potentially for the better. I guess if Rodgers were to find a way to win another Super Bowl, that would increase his legacy. But his legacy as one of the greatest players of all time is completely secure. Brady's legacy as the greatest quarterback of all time is even more secure. So they don't really have that at stake. Russell Wilson, I think, has everything at stake. I think Russell Wilson's legacy in Seattle was a good player who might have been the right guy in the right place at the right time, but probably thought himself a greater player than he actually was. He came to Denver with an enormous, extraordinary opportunity to prove that he's more than that, to prove that he's deserving of being considered one of the great quarterbacks. Maybe even ultimately of all time. He has enough time left in his career that he could theoretically do that. But he's also a player for whom this does stick. Now, seven games is much too quickly to say that his legacy is going to be adversely impacted by what happens in Denver. But the way this thing is trending, I do believe Nuno that the storyline on Russell Wilson could wind up being was the quarterback with the Legion of Boom never won anything of consequence once he didn't have that defense anymore and was exposed when he went to Denver for his fresh start. That does feel to me 
Like, that is the story people are getting ready to write. Again, he has plenty of opportunity to rewrite it. And, and, and well, that opportunity will continue beyond this year. But it is kind of startling to me just how badly this has gone this fast in Denver. What do you think of it, Nunes? I'm shocked that they're this bad, right, uh, or that it's gone this bad. Also, the biggest thing for me with Russell is when – when the Seahawks try to make him the centerpiece, right, we all know what happened. They didn't run it. He threw that pick. But it's the it's the fact that so many former teammates have come out and spoken against him, right? We know Richard Sherman and things of that nature. But a couple of weeks ago, Michael Robinson, who who just completely destroyed him. So it's that's what I think is the biggest thing. Like, Russell wants to be this. I don't know what Russell wants to be. But, like, the fact that teammates former teammates are constantly coming out and speaking against them that's one thing you don't see about Rodgers you don't see about Brady for the most part anyone ever coming out and going after him it's they they give him this they respect him as a person and as a leader and and you don't see that with Russell and maybe that's part of the reason it's not happened it's it's it hasn't clicked in Denver it's because everyone looks at him and it's just like what the hell like what are you doing I can tell you what I think he wants to be. He wants to be the face of or one of the faces of the National Football League. And I totally get that. That's a fully reasonable thing to want to be. If you think you are an all-time great quarterback and he thinks he is, then you want to get that kind of attention and notoriety that comes to guys like Brady and Rodgers and all those that came before them and all those that are now coming after, like Patrick Mahomes and, and Josh Allen and all the rest. But Bubba, the problem that Russell has is now that people, because Seattle, you still just live in a degree of anonymity that I don't know that you have in almost any other NFL market. People are starting to get to know his personality a little more. His star rose with this big high profile trade to Denver and some of the behavior and some of the tone deafness and some of his inability to read the room and some of the kind of weird things he says and does that were largely not noticed in Seattle, our people are paying a lot more attention to it. And, and it's he's sort of becoming the butt of a lot of jokes, Bubba, and I think that has to bother him. I mean, I, I don't know. Well, I don't know if it's bothering him because he seems to be just oblivious to everything and, and not aware. But, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I it's It just seems like he he wanted to be the number one guy and he wanted to do everything, and now he's got all that stuff. He's literally running everything in Denver and he's running it into the ground. So I don't know, you know, in Seattle, he yeah, he was kind of hidden behind, you said, the defense and Pete Carroll. He had all those things. Now he has a first-year coach, doesn't know what he's doing, all these other things. It's all on him, and he's doing terrible. So I, what does that say about him? It's, it's not saying great things. Yeah, his legacy is very much at play here. Not Not this week. Not even the rest of this year, but in general, it is. We'll continue in a moment on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.